Hello, and welcome to the 135th episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman, and I am an associate professor here at Purdue University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana, where I talk about, read about, write about, dream about, amongst other things, video games, video games, video games. And we are joined tonight. And I just realized that, that I did not ask for a correct pronunciation of your last name, so I'm going to slaughter it, and then you can fix it. By Emma Bosin. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a little bit about Emma, and Emma, Emma's going to uh, um, talk a little bit to us. But Emma is the... Um, outgoing editor-in-chief of First Person Scholar and a doctoral candidate at the University of Waterloo, uh, our neighbor to the north. Uh, <laughs> and um, she is uh, actually completing her, her doctorate in English, like the rest of us, right? Technically, she's in English, but she does really cool things in game studies like the rest of us because that's, you know, the work that we do. Mm -hmm. um, we are also, oh, sorry. Hi, Emma. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Welcome, Emma. Thank you. We are joined tonight by uh, some of our usual NYMG regulars, and I'll go left right on my screen, Alicia Carabinus. Hello, Alicia. Hey. Who are you? I am Alicia Carabinus. I am a lowly PhD student <laughs> in English and rhetoric and composition at Purdue. And uh, hey, guess what? I study games, too. I'm in the right place. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Games by way of, I feel like is how we should all say it, right? Yeah. Games by way of some yep. other wacky right. stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just tasted my new cider. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was nasty. I wondered what you were wowing. Like, yeah. Oh, no, it is not nasty. <laughs> She's about to be lit. <laughs> We are also joined tonight by Bianca Batty. Hello, Bianca. Hi. Uh, I'm Bianca Batty. I'm also at uh, Purdue in the English department, and I guess I study games by way of literary studies, right? Um, so that's, uh, that's me right there in a nutshell. Yeah, and last but definitely not least... Kishana Gray. Hello, it's Kishana Gray here, currently visiting assistant professor at MIT for the year. Hopefully they give me a job and I can stay forever. <laughs> we'll bring all of us with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> right? Absolutely. <laughs> the fanciest. The fanciest. All right. Well, we will uh, try to be polite and remember to um, let our guest go first. Um, depends on uh, how much of this cider I drink on an empty stomach. Um, uh, but we'll go ahead and jump into our conversation tonight, and we'll start with all the fun stuff, which is what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking. Um, and we will go ahead and start with you, Emma. What you been playing lately? 
Uh, I just finished my 100% run of uh, The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, which I'd played before, but they just put out that HD remake, so, you know, I had to go ahead and play that and find the 7 million uh, heart pieces and little <laughs> ghosts that are <laughs> around the world, and it took me 64 hours. <laughs> that is dedication. Zelda <laughs> game. Uh, but I'm a big fan, even though that's probably one of probably one of my least favorites. But you know, thank it's, you. It's yeah, it's really not one of the greatest ones. But you know, uh, I I want I've been trying to do all the 100 uh, percent runs of all the 3D Zeldas uh, this year. And uh, other than that, just yesterday for my research assistantship, I finished playing uh, the first Uncharted game, mm -hmm. which was a truly terrible piece of crap. <laughs> if, I was, if I wasn't literally getting paid to play it, I, I would have stopped. <laughs> I feel like the Uncharted series is a really excellent capsule of like what it means to be a white dude versus what it means to be not a white dude in the world. Yeah. Because Nathan Drake is like, mm, look at all this shit I get away with. Man of the world is like, I can't do none of that. Right? <laughs> you know, it's absolutely just like a eight-hour game about three white people going to a different country, trying to steal things that aren't theirs and killing a lot of not-white people along the way. That is literally the plot of the game. So you mean the history of the world is what you're saying? <laughs> oh, okay. yep, 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 exactly. uh, Nathan Drake, such a scamp. <laughs> he didn't mean it. Motherfucker is yeah, a thug. That, that was terrible. That's why I'm been playing. <laughs> All right. What about you, Alicia? What you been playing? <laughs> um. Well, I don't know. I've been playing a really eclectic mix of games, I guess. Uh, you know, I've been playing Hearthstone still, off and on. I played uh, Dex, an indie, a cyberpunk game. It was like a 2D side scroller, mm -hmm. very Castlevania, even down to. I think I mentioned this in my review. There's some moments where you're trying to go down some stairs and you can't quite find exactly the right pixel that allows you to go down some stairs. <laughs> like, boy, I spent like 10 years doing this. I didn't think I was going to be back to it. <laughs> uh, some of the stuff it was really fun in it, but some of those little technical things, like, I could do without this. I'm mm. playing a lot of Rock Band 4. Um, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, State of Decay, as always. And I've been playing the app version of Splendor, really excellent board game. Mm-hmm. And that's been really fun. Uh, I had unlocked a lot of things, and then my game crashed, and I had to delete it, and it took all my data with it. Oh, I'm trying to see that no. as positive, where I get to re-experience, rather than I'm going to set things on fire because I have to redo. <laughs> <laughs> and then later tonight, I'm going to start the new Deus Ex, which I feel about the way Emma does about Uncharted. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You made me buy Splendor today. You will love it. It's really fun in app form. They did a great job. Unless it crashes and deletes all your shit. Right. right. <laughs> then I'm going to be ready to hurt somebody. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. Bianca, what have you been playing, darling? Um, I have just been playing the park, um, getting real, real deep 
into that one um, since, it, and I've been writing about it the past couple weeks too. So um, some some problematic representations of single motherhood in that one. Whoo! It is oh. a mm mm. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What so you games aren't always great about representing women, especially moms. Shocking, right? What? <laughs> No. I didn't think there'd ever been a mom in a game, to be honest. So well, there is that too. They're yeah, usually and, dead. So yeah, they are usually <laughs> yeah. dead or or monsters. Um, in this case, she's alive, and you play her, and she's a monster. So I mean, you know, you, at least you get to be her, I guess. Um, but um, she, I don't know. There's there's really problematic representations of mental health as being monstrous too. So lots of stuff to unpack in that one for me, um, but it's pretty vital for my research. So I'm I'm digging into that one pretty in depth right now. So that's really all I've been playing. Cool. What about you, Kashana? What you been playing? Well, I um of course I had to check out the the battlefield battlefield beta. Um, and they actually did like a really cool thing. Like it's like, you know, they took it back to like the old war, old world wars or whatever. So it's like old weapons, um, old kind of, you know, tanks and things like that. So I thought it was, you know, kind of cool, but you know, since it's just the beta, you know, I don't know about like how the storyline's going to go because they're probably just going to totally mess it up. But right now, you know, it's kind of cool. Even the old school kind of, you know, old historical aircrafts and everything like that. So that aspect is kind of cool. Of course, it's, I mean, if you played one Battlefield, you, you've played all of them. <laughs> and also, um, for Gold, Xbox Gold had, you know, Beyond Good and Evil. And that was the game that I always thought I had played, but I realized I played, like, a little bit of it. And I realized mm -hmm. my, my knowledge of that game is just what I read about, you know, women of color in games J. And I realized, mm -hmm. I was like, I've never played this game. And I played it, and I don't, I'm not liking it. And I feel bad because I feel like I'm supposed to like it. Because, you know, she's like one of the few faces of color in game. I, I don't like it, but I'm trying to. I'm trying. And then this pig, this pig character is, I don't know what to make of the pig that follows me around. Yeah, the pig um, character's weird. Yeah, so I feel bad, but I'm going to try to make it through because I want to play it because I've, I've, I've never, I've never played it. And of course, you know, some connect sports kind of stuff just with the kids. So that, that's all I'm playing right now. That's it. Cool. I have a lot of feelings about Beyond Good and Evil, so when you're done, perhaps we can have a okay. discussion. All right, good deal. <laughs> and, of course, I will have something written on both games, Battlefield Beta and Beyond Good and Evil, soon. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's another ass-whooping for another day, so... Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'll say what I've been playing. Uh, I've been playing um, No Man's Sky. Uh -huh. That's been my. Oh, I just want to play. I just want to fly around, and explore stuff, and collect um, and collect materials and upgrade stuff. And it's just kind of it's kind of a real zen experience for me to play through that game. Um, so I've been having a lot of fun playing that. Though you know, I know all the. Um, all the gamer dudes, all the gamer bros out there are real mad at everybody and it's like, hello games, they cheated me out of everything. Um, <laughs> when you get what you pay for. Um, 
but I've really been enjoying it because it gives me lots of time to do exploration and just have some quiet time and uh, think about language and aliens and worlds and cultures, um, which I guess is a little too heavy for other people who just want to fly around and fight other people in the space. <laughs> How about you go to the EVE Online, that shit just went free to play for certain things. Go over there and try that out. Maybe you'll like that better. <laughs> that is my public service announcement for the day. Um, Okay, so, and I hate to admit this now because Emma just said how much she hated uh, the original Uncharted. I'm playing Uncharted 4 also for research purposes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what, and it is, it is very much Nathan Drake running through, being, you know, the white dude that's going to run through any country where there are any remotely brown people. He's basically and, Ryan Lochte, right? <laughs> I don't know. Everything's cool, guys. Oh my god. You are out of control. But yes. (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly what it is. Ooh, Nathan Drake is right lucky. Okay, um maybe he can get maybe he can get that role in the next in the next Uncharted movie. Um, uh, no, did you see any of his show? I don't think that we should put Ryan Lochte in front of a camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Um, so I've been playing a lot of Uncharted Four, um, trying to get through it. Um, I've also been playing um, a, a mobile game um, called Primal Legends, uh, which is another one of those you know match jewels games. Where you have to, uh, with it was RPG elements to battle um, folks to make it through a map, or you can play in arena where you play against other folks. Um, it's a lot of fun, um, more fun than that it probably should be. Uh, but everybody knows how I am with uh, with mobile games. It's like I, I really get into a mobile game, and then I can't get out of it for a while. So yeah, I'm looking for. I'm looking. Um, I'm really enjoying playing that. And I'm looking forward to getting bored with it so I can play something else. Um, and last but not least, um, yesterday, um, the um, new, uh, the new only, a game from um, the uh, game studies, game development folks at RIT. Um, came out on Steam and Xbox One. Uh, it's called Hack Slash and Backstab, um, which is an interesting game that has kind of an interesting um, social experiment built into it. It has uh, a it's a, a basically a, a dungeon crawler, dungeon fighter, where you have to fight through. Um, you choose one of four roles, of course. You know, your usual uh, magic, hunter, warrior, rogue, maybe? Like I said, it just came out yesterday, and I played a little bit of it. So you have to choose one of four roles, um, and you fight through. Um, it's It says one to four players. Um, but it's meant specifically for cooperative play because of the nature of the social experiment. 
Um, and I, like I said, played. I was playing a little bit by myself. I didn't. I didn't play with P or play with anybody else because I was just playing by myself. And this game is really. It's. It. it you can't play this game alone. It has to be co-op. It's just too freaking hard to play by yourself. Um, so the the gist of the game is you play through the dungeon. You make it to the boss. You kill the boss. But you know what? In the end, even though you start every level with four players, only one player can leave the level. Mm. Thus, hack slash and backstab. Oh, so you, yeah. So you have to decide at what point you backstab the other players, <laughs> right? At what point do you start killing folks off? Mm. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh. I'm looking because, at now. Oh, it's on Xbox One too. Awesome. I mean. It's, I'd be so terrible at that. Like, I just mm -hmm. am too Canadian. Like, I would just be like, oh, <laughs> it's all right. Like, I, I don't need it that bad. I would, be, I would be terrible. I'm so bad at being competitive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this one. Because I'm really good at being competitive. <laughs> Make a note. Too Canadian. <laughs> Who made it? Who, who made? I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to find some stuff on it. Who? Um, it's 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 done by RIT. Hmm. Like the um, like Rochester Institute. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, like for real, for real. Um, and uh, they have a studio. I want to call say it's called Magic Studio or Magic. Okay. Hold on. I'm I see Magic Spell. Magic Spell yes. Studios. Yep. Um. Right. And it's it's uh, if that's your kind of thing, <laughs> if you think that that would be fun, and you're looking for uh, you're looking for a co-op game. It's and it's like dirt cheap. I think it was like five bucks on uh, on the Xbox Store. Have to try that. Yeah, I forgot one. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> my this is because of my son. My son has been playing Roblox. Oh, yeah, I've seen you guys play Roblox. Yes, it happens, you know, a lot with the YouTubers that dominate our life. Can I tell you that Roblox makes me want to die? <laughs> you hate everything you can play. rescued. Sam, I've never seen anything, at least on the Xbox. Maybe on the computer it's better. It is so buggy. <laughs> Most of the stuff is just unplayable. But he really wants to play it because, you know, the YouTubers... So we spend a lot of time just endlessly frustrated and me trying to explain to him there are better games that you could play like this and this and this and these 47 other games. And he's like, no, Mom. I will be cool like the YouTubers and I will play Roblox. <laughs> he's rescued me. Oh. Yeah, but that's parenthood. you got to play all the games you hate. Yeah. Right? So parenthood and research. Mm -hmm. Clearly. Oh. No wonder everybody thinks you hate the video games, right? <laughs> all right. Well, let's jump on it and say that's, that's, that's what we're all playing. What about what we're reading? Is it, Who's reading something interesting? Emma, what about you? Um, I actually just finished. I'm like, I'm really into horror and true crime and stuff like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I just finished all like 600 plus pages of uh, The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule. Have any of you read that? Mm -mm. So it is like the most amazing example I've ever seen of like a, 
it's, it's a true crime novel, so it's like a real truth is stranger than fiction type scenario where mm -hmm. uh, the author was, like, when she was young, asked to, or contracted to write a book about a series of really gruesome murders that were happening. And uh, so she was commissioned to write this book, and so she's writing this book for years and years. She's talking to cops, she's interviewing people, she's helping trying to solve these murders, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, about a couple years into it, uh, she finds out that one of her best friends has been arrested for the murders uh, because one of her best friends was fucking Ted Bundy. <gasps> yeah, so it's just like, it's, it's, I mean, it's a really long book because it chronicles like the 20 years that Ted Bundy was like killing people and stuff. Um, and uh, it's, it's one of those things where like I'm not normally into reading those like really long books about serial killers, but because it's also sort of an autobiography, of how she became a writer and how she found out that one of her friends was doing these horrible murders and he knew she was writing this book and he was like supporting her while she was writing the book and anyway really freaking really 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 so long but really really interesting like even if you're not into crime stuff well it sounds dope like of course you know i had to go and google it like it sounds yeah. awesome <laughs> i know we're all like passing like, links back we're all like reading right <laughs> oh it's this one <laughs> you are a bunch of severe nerds. Right, I know, right? And I wish, like, I had like more. Like, I don't even have time, like, to like read the books that I need to read, like, for my own research. I always, I'm fascinated, especially when people are able to find time to books that aren't research related. Like, it's fascinating to me. I, I don't know how you do it. Really? Yeah, I'm so bad for that. Like, I'm so terrible for just like I went. Like, I've gone so much of my PhD, like, barely reading, and it's funny, like, I was actually happy that, like, I would have something to say to this question that wasn't just, like, oh, I'm reading this book for my dissertation, because mm -hmm. in August, I was, like, you are going on vacation, and while you're on vacation, you're going to read at least three books. Yeah. <laughs> that was, like, my vacation goal, so that was one of them. <laughs> Love it. So, but here's the thing. This is what I did, right? Because I needed to... Um, be able to say that I was not just reading stuff for research and this was even pre-tenure I will say I made a rule that I could not read I could only read things for pleasure in bed mm. so no, no more reading of academic texts um, or research materials in bed I could mm -hmm. only read stuff that I was reading for fun that's smart mm -hmm. yeah Oh, yeah. And that's what got me back into reading, um, you know, fiction or even, you know, nonfiction stuff that was fun and that I really wanted to read because I, I have I have guilty I have guilty pleasure for reading. Right. My guilty pleasure for reading is um, is mysteries. Um, mm -hmm. But they but they've got to have lesbian protagonists. Oh, awesome. I'm, well, I'm, I'm sorry to all all the heterosexual folks. I'm so sick of these heterosexual love themes <laughs> running through running through my mysteries. Can you write like a fucking BuzzFeed listicle of those? Like, <laughs> I, I, I would use that to curate some of my reading list. That sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'll start snatching shit off my shelves. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, and seriously, because it was like, I was like, really? I mean, if, if I've got to have some kind of romantic theme running through, at least Make it something I'm interested in, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Well, it's not just that too, but I'm also going to say that um, every heterosexual 
obnoxiously written. No offense to all my fellow writers out here. You know I'm one of you. But <laughs> we got to we got to come up with some new words, something. I never need to read the phrase throbbing member ever again. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I've never understood what's sexy about euphemisms. No. <laughs> Say it. That's what's hot. The actual like, that's not hot. No. Like, ooh, that sounds like a place where you're going to get lost forever and die. <laughs> Don't Google throbbing member. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why would you do that? I was trying to make sure I spelled it right before I tweeted it. Tweeted it. Donna's recommendation forever. Let's uh, jump back into what we've been reading. Uh, Emma and um, Emma told us about the great book she's reading. Um, Alicia, what about you, darling? Um, well, I'm finishing the last of the uh, Mad Adam trilogy, which is actually just called Mad Adam, uh, the Margaret Atwood. I got Oryx right. and Crake again a couple weeks ago. I'd read it a long time ago, but I didn't remember much. Um, I must have zipped through it, and I could not stop, so I immediately got the second and the third. But now school has started, so my reading time has trickled to like a couple of pages a day and it's driving me up the wall because I'm like, but I want to know what is... So that's really hard. But I've also started reading uh, How Games Move Us, mm -hmm. um, which is good so far. Uh, just about emotion and in-game, but I'm just at the very beginning, so I don't want to say too much about it. But if anybody wants to read with me, hit me up on Twitter and we can read together and talk about it. <laughs> I actually do want to read that book. Well, I mean, you don't even have to get me on Twitter. You can just talk to me in the hallway. <laughs> I don't know. You don't talk to me half the time. Oh, my God. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Bianca's not reading anything because she just finished reading everything. Uh, yeah, I'm reading. I'm, try, I'm getting caught up on Lumberjanes. I'm a couple of trades behind, and that's just, like, fun pictures and, you know, girl power, I guess. Um, also, Lumberjanes is the best. It's so so, Lumberjanes is the best. It's so good. So it pumps me up. But I read it in bed, too. So I'm getting pumped up right before I go to sleep, which is, <laughs> you know, that makes sense, I guess. Um, so, so, yeah, you know, fun pictures. It's easy on the brain. Where I dive back into research and re-traumatize myself. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's what grass school's for, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. What about you, Kashana? Have you been reading anything? You've been I so busy. <laughs> <laughs> Classes start next week. I haven't finished the syllabus. I'm, I've been trying to get my kids in school and daycare. So, and no, I've done nothing productive like these past few months. So, no, I'm not reading anything. <laughs> Well, you've done plenty productive. You've moved across the country. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. To a great ass job. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you've Thank done you. a lot. Thank you for acknowledging that stuff. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. So I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad for not reading. <laughs> so maybe next week I'll have read something for class. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, then I guess it's my turn. I've read a lot. Um, yeah, you're working with pets, so you had to, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> What'd you say? 
Oh, nothing. No, <laughs> I said you've been you've been co-teaching with Pat, so you probably had to read about eight thousand pages of stuff. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. Um, yeah, so I've I've been reading a lot. I've been reading a lot on um, about user experience um, and thinking a lot about user experience in games because we're teaching a games and co-teaching a games and UX class this semester. That is so much fucking fun. <laughs> it is so easy to nerd out on that shit. I tell you, <laughs> it is so easy. Um, so I've been having a blast doing all that, um, uh, and. For my never read uh, research stuff in bed, um, I've been reading. Okay, I'm real sad about this now because I just got into the Nighthawk comics, and they canceled them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know because you know you can't have a apparently can't have a black male social justice superhero. Um, <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> I'm just evil about that shit. I mean, I'm real evil. Um, <laughs> So uh, I, I'm apparently just, you know, I've, we've got the the rest of this run coming since the, they're letting you pre-order uh, um, uh, issue six. So I guess we got the rest of the run coming, and then that'll be it. <sighs> so I'm sad. sad. But, yeah, that's what I've been reading for fun is um, Nighthawk and uh, Black Panther comics. Mm. Awesome. Mm. Yep. Oh, here, there, now the dogs are barking. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Dog sitting. I don't hear them, so we're good. You probably will. Okay. Emma, where are your dogs? Because you have awesome dogs, too. Where are they? No, no, I don't. Alex does. I locked myself in the bedroom. Instead of, like, you know, sitting at my desk, I locked myself in the bedroom so the dog wouldn't uh, disturb the podcast. I love it, though. I love it. <laughs> Very wise. <laughs> That's what I should do. <laughs> through the door. There. <laughs> so I hope Tony doesn't listen to this. My friend Tony's dogs. Your dogs are wonderful and sweet. Assholes. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about booze, guys. Let us talk about booze. Emma, what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking. Uh, I went to uh, Cuba last month and. So I brought back a couple bottles of alcohol. Uh, nice. So I'm having uh, lemonade with some rum I brought back from Cuba and some lime liqueur. And I've even got, you can't see it, but I've got uh, my little flamingo straw and my <laughs> lady stir stick. Oh, shit. Nice. That's serious. Yeah. yeah. Most serious, classiest drink ever. <laughs> <laughs> Only the best. It's about time ever. somebody brought some class to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Alicia, what about you? What are you drinking, darling? Well, because we were just in Wisconsin. Um, and Wisconsin is apparently the promised land, except for, you know, the government. <laughs> I brought home some excellent New Glarus beer, and I'm drinking raspberry tart. It's the last of my New Glarus beers from Wisconsin. The raspberry tart is amazing. It's so good. Everybody else talks about cherry. I think the raspberry is, that was really southern. Um, I think the raspberry is better. <laughs> Yep. I've got a couple of singles left because I got a, a, a mixed six pack, but this was the last of my new Glarus, so sad forever. 
What about you, Bianca? What are you drinking, darling? Uh, I'm just drinking some chamomile tea tonight. I'm being boring and sober. <laughs> boring and sober. That's sober baddie this evening. <laughs> Not boring at all. <laughs> it sounds awesome, though. Yeah, yes. it is. Relaxing. I'm very relaxed. <laughs> Y'all know I ain't drinking nothing, so you don't even have to ask. <laughs> we gotta get oh, Kishana to start drinking. Not you. So, what, say it again. You, we have to have a control group. Yeah, that's true. That is yeah. true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are designated podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I got you. <laughs> Sam, tell us about your cider. Well, I am drinking a cider that I've never had before, and I was gifted. Um, it is an Octo Rock semi sweet hard cider from Stark uh, Star Cut Ciders. It is from, I looked at this earlier and I forgot, uh, brewed uh, at Shorts Brewing Company mm-hmm. in Elk Rapids, Michigan. Oh, it's a Michigan cider. I like mm-hmm. That's why I love it so much. Because- <laughs> <laughs> I like Shorts a lot. This, this shit is amazing. <laughs> That's why when I opened it earlier, I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and I go a pause in you. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> It I didn't know that shorts did sliders too. Now I'm gonna have to slide up over to your house and be like, <laughs> "Hey, Sam." And I and I have to be careful because it's it's so light. It's easy to drink fast. Mm. And I just noticed that the um the alcohol is six point three percent on this one, which is higher than most ciders, and definitely higher than uh the like the grapefruit rattlers and. Some of the other some of the other fruit beans I've been drinking that have been two and three percent lately. Oh, now I don't have any grapefruit rattler, and I'm sad because. <laughs> well, now it's time for the important, awesome thing. <laughs> I'm so excited, you guys. It is now. It's time for the important, awesome thing. The important, awesome thing is is what, what Emma's probably was in here thinking. Why the hell am I sitting here? And we were supposed to talk about fun stuff uh, <laughs> up until this point. Um, and that is, we were really anxious to talk to Emma about both her work at uh, First Person Scholar and also just kind of about feminist game studies in general because you know that is a thing that we are all super excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, we just want to have a real conversation, but first, because I love to give people the opportunity to do this, um, I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. <laughs> Emma, Emma's like, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> um, but tell us about your research. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I guess the, probably, I feel like the most interesting part about my research is maybe how I got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is that I went to Waterloo not planning on doing game studies. Like, I'd been playing games my whole life, huge gamer, whatever. Uh, but, you know, was kind of avoiding game studies because uh, uh, for reasons that maybe we'll get into later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I was actually writing a dissertation um, that was a pornography studies dissertation where I was looking specifically at comics and porn and a lot of, like, feminist comics porn. 
Um, and so that was kind of my jam for a while. Uh, but uh, then I got to Waterloo, and there's such a huge community of game scholars there, and, mm -hmm. you know, I started hanging out with them. I started going to game studies reading groups, and I uh, started running play nights, and I joined the Games Institute, and I got involved in FBS, and sort of before I knew it, I was, <laughs> as much as I loved my research, I was doing more game study stuff than I was doing my own research, and I think a bit of that was because... Um, I love, you know, porn studies is sort of a wicked field or whatever, but it is chock full of amazing feminists. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of this point where I was like, man, I feel like almost like game studies at Waterloo needs more people like me, uh, whereas porn studies had no shortage of, of uh, people like me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started doing game studies, and I decided since I was making sort of the switch late in my, dissert, uh, my PhD, like my third year, uh, that I would do a project-based dissertation where I did, uh, like, each chapter of my dissertation was based on a different project I'd been working on the whole time I was at Waterloo. Mm -hmm. uh, so one chapter of it is about uh, Lady Hobbits, which is a machinima I made with a friend of mine um, that's like a retelling of Lord of the Rings in Lord of the Rings Online, uh, but all the hobbits are women, all the hobbits are queer women. Um, so that's what one chapter is about. Mm -hmm. Another chapter is about G.I. James, which is mm -hmm. like a feminist game night that I uh, ran at Waterloo for a couple of years. And then the other chapter is about uh, First Person Scholar, which is the publication that I ran uh, and that I was part of for about three years. Um, and also sort of, I guess the First Person Scholar chapter is also kind of about game studies, gender and game studies at large. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so that's why I was really excited about this when you guys uh, brought it up to me. Sorry if that was too long. No. <laughs> no. Wow, that sounds amazing. It's always interesting to hear how people get to where they are in terms of game studies because it's, it's you know, until really recently it wasn't it wasn't an area that people just said, hey, I'm going to do game studies. Right. <laughs> I think you almost have to stumble upon it. Like, I don't know anyone who just, I, I, I don't know anyone who just, like, set out to do it. I only know who, people who sort of stumbled upon it and were like, well, I guess I'm doing this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would be very much the case. Or, I mean, yeah. did anybody, anybody here start out to say, I'm doing game studies? Nope. No, you know my story. I, <laughs> you're going to blame it on me again, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I came, I was doing MFA in fiction at Purdue, and Sam was there my first day, and she's all, like, introducing herself. I'm like, oh, I study games. I'm like, what? <laughs> Hang on, like, my head turned slow motion, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Here I am. Yep. Yeah, and Kishana, I mean, yeah. how did you end up in games? <laughs> well, it was, it, was, it was by accident, kind of. So when I, I was looking through... So I was already in, in PhD. I was probably like a year or two at this point. I was trying to figure out classes to take. And I saw on the schedule that Alice, at the time, Alice Robeson, now Alice Dare, um, mm -hmm. uh, she was teaching this class on gaming and like writing for games. So she was over in English and did these, these video games kind of stuff. So I was like, well, that sounds awesome. You know, because I was tired of like the, you know, theory heavy classes, you know, methods heavy classes. I'm like, this is just too much because if I keep doing this, I'm going to quit and I'm not going to finish this. So I needed something fun. So I actually took her class and, you know, she got me really 
you know, um, excited about like gaming kind of research. So I was just doing like some projects and stuff and doing different kinds of things and um, took a other couple gaming classes while I was out there. And I was like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna do a dissertation on it. Because um, it's way more, you know, it's a better project than I had. Um, um, and I won't say better, it was different. It was less, um, less um, emotionally burdensome. Um, so my original project was, it was around the time of what, kind of like post Katrina kind of era or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so it was kind of, kind of doing some stuff like that, like worthy victims and stuff. It was sad. I was depressed all the time, you know, reading all those stories and everything. So I still wanted to do something meaningful. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I happened upon it. Just taking Alice's class. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Well, we need to catalog how, especially as as women, how many times it's other women who got us into this. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Like, I think you know, maybe we, we could have been here on our own, or we could have gotten here, but for whatever reason, we didn't. But just took that one little moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had sort of like an, my interesting thing with that is that when I first came to Waterloo, I made best friends with my best friend now, Elise Vist, and she was, had gotten into Waterloo proposing to do a game studies dissertation. Um, and she actually ended up switching out of that around the time I ended up switching into it. <laughs> and she's now doing a dissertation that's, um, I, it's a fan studies dissertation, but does have like, some sort of elements of pornography studies, so it's really <laughs> how we always joke that we kind of like switch dissertations. <laughs> wow. um, but I do think it's true that like if I hadn't have met her, and she, you know, I didn't, I didn't have her to go with to like. There's like at Waterloo, there's these like big game studies events, but a lot of times they were really intimidating and like they were all dudes. So, like, if I didn't have her to go with in those early years, like, I, I don't, it would have never happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. and, you know what, and I, that, that is a, that's a great point, Alicia, that, you know, that so often that there are, you know, other women that bring women into ga to game studies, uh, you know, and when I started doing game studies, good Lord, 15 years ago, um, you know, people weren't really doing game studies yet. Right, mm -hmm. that was like way early in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, so I started, I started doing game studies just because I'm ornery. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> perfectly yeah. honest, right? Because uh, you know, because the the thing then is everybody was like really into you know Jim G's what video games have to teach us about learning and literacy, right? And and I remember sitting on a plane reading this book and and reading what G had to say about women and minorities in games and I was like well clearly I need to be writing across about this about this because I need something to contradict this bullshit <laughs> right because no it's not just gonna get better it's not just gonna go away right unless we make some kind of concerted effort to make things better um, so I, you know me, that that just makes perfect sense that I would actually start doing something simply, you know, out of spite. <laughs> uh, we, we kind of have to, don't we? Especially if we're feminists, right? Because yeah. we we've been written out of so many places. Bianca and I were just discussing this earlier. There was a call for papers that somebody posted. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was like 
dudes discovering that labor matters and that we can bring humans back into technology. And we're sitting there, they're like, oh, really? Like, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you dudes know that feminists have been writing about this for a long time now? Like, but that's the thing. Feminist discourse, discourse consistently gets erased from academic spheres, from scholarship, from fucking any sphere, you know? I mean, it's somehow viewed as this, like, lesser or delegitimate form of scholarship, but we've been doing this shit for a lot longer than people, and now suddenly people think they're doing new shit, and it's like, no, dudes. <laughs> it's like, dude scholars are like white people discovering countries. I just snorted. I'm sorry. <laughs> No. I'm sorry, I'm really down on white dudes today. Hashtag not all white dudes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you, you see that shift a lot, too. This is a point I've made a lot of times before, and I always feel like sometimes there's people giving me the side eye when I make it. But I'll often make this comment that I think that, in a weird way, studying games as a feminist got easier after Gamergate, which is, like, weird, because obviously in a lot of ways it got a lot fucking harder. Like, yeah. I'm not on Twitter as much, and I don't publish in the same way, and in those ways it got worse. But, like, in the immediate ways around my colleagues, applying for grants, in my institution, in those very, like, intimate ways, it got weirdly easier. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I think about those times, like, not that long ago, before Gamergate, where I would be like, oh, I'm interested in studying this sort of thing in games. And people would be like, ah, oh, that's not actually game studies. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. that's, 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 that's cultural studies, or that's women's studies. Mm. Post-Gamergate, suddenly the things that I wanted to study were women, were not only game studies, but then suddenly, like, every dude I'd ever met wanted to study it, too. Mm -hmm. um, that is... That's really, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. I hadn't articulated it in that way, but, yeah, I feel that a lot. I could, have asked uh, I could say the G word. I didn't know. No, that's fine. <laughs> I'm like, is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're fine. I do, so, yeah. You know, you're, you're in a good place. Okay, um, okay. No, because it brought a lot of that stuff that we knew about and that we just took for granted into the light, right? Um, and that sometimes we didn't even think was, was necessarily something we talked about because it was just reality. And yeah. everybody's like, oh, turns out things are really bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, shit, man. Yeah, like I remember um, in my first year of my PhD, I was part of this game studies reading group. And like I remember it was like basically like a bunch of guys and there was like two girls in it. And I remember having this conversation that was something along the lines of, like, oh, maybe we should have, like, a where we talk about gender and games. And, like, that will be, like, the theme of that week. And, like, what readings could we talk about for that week or whatever. And I had, like, a, you know, bucket of, like, readings I wanted to discuss or whatever. And, like, that kind of, like, really hit me then that I was, like, oh, I don't want a week to talk about this. I want this to be what game studies is for me. Yeah. I want to talk about gender every week. I don't want it to be a topic. And I feel like since Gamergate, that sort of, like for me, at least in my, at my institution, has gotten better, that it's just accepted that you talk about gender and you talk about games and you can't really talk about them separately. 
but I feel like that's only be really become a reality in like the past like year even. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it, it's interesting though because a lot of the the games courses that I teach are they're courses that are staffed staffed populated <laughs> populated not only by folks in uh, in game studies within an English department or in the humanities. Uh, but we get a lot of undergraduates from uh, CGT and CS and engineering, mm-hmm. um, which always gets to be interesting, right? Because they're there because the faculty members over there recognize the fact that they need to take these courses. Mm-hmm. So while they're um, they were not originally a required part of their coursework, but they are going to be a required part of their coursework. Um, they were told, you need to take these courses, right? But, you know, early on, um, Alicia, you remember this, we would, we would start talking about gender and games or, or harassment of women online and, and gaming communities. And, you know, there would, be, there would be that dude who would just, like, get really pissed off, slam all his shit shut, and, like, walk out in the middle of class on the first day. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Like I, I'm not here for this. Oh, how dare you insert your politics into my white dude games? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's what this is. It's about the white dudes. And oh, Nathan Drake, you're such a scam. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, I just finished teaching a class that was called that's actually called Gender and Games, yes. and um, I was teaching it to um, students who are exclusively in this uh, program of pilots. And it was really interesting because they didn't want to take it, but it was an elective that fits their schedule and like la la la. And like they were very honest with me about how much they didn't want to take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> their way of getting around it into the because in an online environment, you can't slam your books down, you can't walk out the door. So they like hand in assignments that just didn't talk about gender at all. <laughs> and then I'd be like, well, you didn't do the assignment, like. You, of course, you fail. Like, you <laughs> oh, this teacher's such a mean feminist. She just failed me. <laughs> well, you know what was really funny? So I, I, I teach um, a lot of variable title courses. I'll do like games and narratives, games and UX. And this this summer, I did a, a gender and games course. Right, that very for for the very first time specifically had gender in the title. Mm. Right. So good. It was amazing, right? Mm-hmm. So while usually it would be a class that would be, you know, if there was like 15 people tops, there'd be 10 dudes, five women, four women, because I'd always sign in extra people, right? But this time, what what do we have? It was like 15 people, 13 women. We yeah, we had we had two. Uh, we had two people who could be categorized as male on some gender. They spectrum. were non cis het white men. Right. Right. And then one non binary person. Yeah. Right? That was it. And the rest were the work the rest identified as women. Um and it was it I swear to God, after after how many years of teaching game studies courses, I, that had to be one of the best courses I had ever taught. We had a blast. <laughs> That's amazing. 
Yeah. That's one of the things that I love about, you know, your work also, Emma, you know, when you talk about like, you know, it's like the underlying current of the stuff that you do is like that ex accessibility. Yeah. Um, and not even just accessibility like in games, but in academic spaces, you know, these spaces that we occupy. Um, can you talk like a little bit about how you came to, you know, the place where, you know, that's like the core of, you know, your, your, how, how you operate and the stuff that you do? Yeah, that's an awesome question. Um, I guess the sort of core thrust of like my dissertation work is that um, I use this term uh, cultural accessibility mm -hmm. and basically I use it because what I'm trying to sort of ferret out is these situations like we're in now where games and uh, like the online spaces where we talk about games are physically accessible to most able-bodied women who have the economic capital to purchase games or be in those spaces or whatever. Um, so the, the physical accessibility is high, but there's this other inaccessibility and it's sort of this more uh, cultural inaccessibility. So the sort of example I always use is that, uh, well, you know, there's no one standing in the, at the door of, of GameSpot being like, you can't come in here. Mm -hmm. um, I do get in this situation where I walk into GameSpot and I pick up a game and I go to the counter and I'm like wanting to pay for the game and the guy behind the counter is like yelling at my male partner across the store like, oh hey, have, have you played the other game in this series? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, hey, do you know what this game is about? And shit like that, you know, it just makes me not <laughs> fucking want to ever go into a physical game store and buy right. a game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, when I write shit and I get horrible comments or, you know, or there's, you know, Twitter people slide into my mentions on days I haven't even been on Twitter. It's one of those things where it's like writing about games is not accessible to women. Mm -hmm. like, without a doubt, that is the one thing. Even if playing games is in some ways, writing about games is, is not accessible. But Emma, you just need to get good slash ignore it slash remember that it's just the internet. Slash just the block button. Yeah, slash block them. I was actually thinking about. I was thinking about that the other day, where I was like, every because I was the other day, I was blocking a bunch of people that shown up in my mentions out of the blue, um, because of something that was published on FBS. And the guy who wrote it, he said he didn't get that many people in their mentions, but I, as like the ex editor in chief of FBS, had like a bazillion dudes in my message mentions. And I was thinking about like how much time it actually does take to, like, block every single one of those people. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, I could have yeah. a blocker on. But then, like, yeah, what if, you're what if I block someone who, like, I want to have a professional connection with? I don't know. Maybe I'm just making excuses for that sort of thing. But no. 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 Okay. Earlier in the year, I had, I was using a free trial for this, amazing Twitter software, right, that would allow me to do these crazy searches and pull archive tweets and that kind of things that you, you can't usually get. Um, one of the things I searched were the history of tweets that referenced both Zoe Quinn and rape, mm. right? Mm -hmm. I also searched for instances, all instances of violence toward Nathan Grayson. It was something like uh, a 210 to 1 ratio. Mm -mm -mm. 
Yeah. I think the total results of just the, the things that were still available on Twitter, not deleted, not gone, not removed, not anything else, because, you know, Twitter's so good about policing those kinds of things. Of course they are. Uh, and just for the period, this was, and I limited the period, this wasn't all time, this was like at the nexus of Gamer, at the genesis, rather, of Gamergate. Mm -hmm. So like 36,000 mentions of rape and Zoe Quinn and like 1,600 maybe of like, I want to kick Nathan Grayson's ass or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, like, I think that's where, like, when you see stuff like that, and, like, when you're researching games, you cannot see stuff like that, it makes it so hard to tolerate any interaction with any gamergator who might say something along the lines of, like, well, it's not actually about harassing women or blah, blah, blah. And, I, the, like, most interactions I had, like, actual back-and-forth interactions were during... Uh, Kong, CGS, like the Canadian Game Studies Association two years ago, the Death Eaters fiasco. Uh, yeah, with Natalie. Mm. Yeah, and so the interesting thing about that is a friend of mine, a male colleague of mine who is like a professor who, you know, is like, I don't know, substantially more influential and has more prestige than me, was like <laughs> just literally being like... Fuck you guys and your shit circus or whatever he said. <laughs> like, he was really pissed off and he was really giving it to them. And the amazing thing was, is like I went through and I like archived all the tweets that happened after that. Like the day after the conference, I screenshotted everything and I categorized it and stuff. And I couldn't believe when I saw that tweet from him that no one, like no one, had replied to it. Yeah. And like mm -hmm. I was getting like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tweets. And he actually said something along the lines of like, oh, how, like, what what the frack, like, how come you guys are, like, like bothering so-and-so and so-and-so, but, like, nobody, like, I'm the one who said shit about you. Like, Emma didn't say anything about you, because I did. <laughs> and someone replied to him, and they were just like, because you're not important. Like, you don't matter. Yeah. And yeah. it was just this incredible thing where it was just like, he was talking shit about you at this conference. His talk was about Gamergate. They didn't give a fuck about him or what he said or attacking him. I gave a talk that had nothing to do with Gamergate, but was just there, you know, as, like, giving a feminist talk about games. And I just got, like, days of shit. And after that experience, it's like... The, and the worst thing is that all these tweets were just guys being like, we're here in goodwill, Let's, we want to talk to you. And I was like, well, clear, you're clearly not here in goodwill. Are you talking <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. him? <laughs> It's funny because I know whenever, like, you know, everything was, like, happening, I, I tried my darndest to, like, redirect some of that, all that trolling, the vitriol, everything that a lot of, you know, friends of mine, you know, in academia were going through, to no avail, though, you know? And then I got the same comment from people, you know, with, you know, some of the trolls or whatever they were saying, uh, you know, you're not important, you're not even you're not even on Degra's site, like saying, you know, because it was a non-factor, they didn't reach out. But I was like, but I'm the one that wrote this piece. I'm the one that did that. But I feel like, you know, and, and I've, I've said this, and I'm, I'm writing about it essentially, you know, in the book, you know, that white women essentially um, bore the brunt of, of that. Of course, you know, we all know that. And it was just like this invisibility of, especially like, you know, uh, women of color, you know, in particular, you know, um, of course, now I'm not begging to be trolled. I'm, I'm not begging, you know, to be attacked and harassed in that manner that, you know, a lot of folks were. Um, but it was just so interesting. I remember um, 
I think I can't remember if it was Mia or Adrian. Somebody was saying that you know they were coming after them, like in the comment section or whatever. I go in there, try to redirect, and then like the conversation just stops. And and so and I did that like in several spaces. So if like you you go into like a lot of these conversations, and you know they will just stop whenever I like try to like engage them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, and I think someone, and I tried to ask, you know, because I, 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 I don't want, don't, don't be mad, but I did befriend gamer, some gamer gators. To I did too. To, <laughs> I to love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to try to figure out what this was, and one, one dude, you know, just said, you know, we don't mind being called sexist, but we don't want to be called racist too. So I was <laughs> like, this is. Crazy. Um, yeah, that's funny. That's literally what I was going to ask, because I was just going to be like, do you think they're just afraid of being? Yeah. yeah, afraid of being called racist. So yeah, that's just too much. Right. Love to tell like Anita that she's a racist. Like, right. like their favorite thing is like when they can tell a white feminist that. I mean, it's just funny because it's not like the world's not full of white feminists being racist. You know, <laughs> 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 I find ones who aren't necessarily being racist, but it like perceive like just so we can fill in their agenda or something. It's so weird. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was fascinating. So I'm writing about it. I mean, they're 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 giving us stuff that we can write about. You're like we we, yeah. we make money and careers off of this stuff. So you know, I just let them talk. I was like, well, thank you. You know, that's a chapter right there in my book. <laughs> it's so true. Like I feel so torn about that. I was talking about this last night where I was just like, I feel torn that like every time something like that happens, yeah. it's like terrible, and I wish it would stop happening. But what do I do? I archive the tweets. I write up notes. It immediately goes into my dissertation. Like, yep. so I feel weird that I'm like benefiting from it some way. Like, it's like they're like like I'm Ann Rule and they're my Ted Bundy. It's <laughs> 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 like I'm like making my career out of it. I don't know. Like, it's it's fascinating though because a friend of mine right now we're working on a collaborative piece where we're talking about those interpretations, right? Where really sometimes when you talk to people, um, you're having two different conversations. Like mm-hmm. you will watch people harass and threaten and use violent language, and then you ask them about it, and they're like, "I'm not. What? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I'm not harassed anyone. Like you just said that you wish that this woman would be raped and left in a ditch. Mm-hmm. But that's not harassment. <laughs> well, I just got. I must be living wrong. See, because, you know, it's it's interesting because I either get totally misraced, right? <laughs> because they right, refuse to believe. Like millennial, right? Right. They either refuse to believe that I'm black or I get called every nigger bitch in the book. So right? I'm not sure. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm living wrong. <laughs> you are. You're living wrong. <laughs> yeah, Sam. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you have to think. But you you have a more uh, with Natural Mama's Gamer. It's a very much a, a visible public platform as well, and you're the face of that as well. So I don't have that kind of visibility in a way that that you might. You know what I'm saying? And then even with like invisibility blue. So you've had some things that. Have you know been in that spotlight? So of course you're gonna get you're gonna get targeted and, and attacked, um, especially in, in that manner as well. Um, they get pissed at me whenever I talk about race. I can just I can say, look, there was a brown person in this game, and all of a sudden, man, <laughs> man, how dare you? How dare y'all like this? Right? Yes. <laughs> Them comments are crazy. I noticed there was a brown guy in that game. <laughs> and you just evaluate them as a character. <laughs> I don't see color. 
I really like to make it all about race. I like the white dude voice you've got going on this entire podcast, Alicia. The good character you have. Yeah. Well, actually, (laughs) I hear it so often. I mean, I think it's it's interesting on an, on another number of levels that you know when we we talk about the work that we do despite the shit that we go through. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know that I have my own personal reasons for why I I do the work that I do despite the the crap that we go through. I mean, yeah, early on it used to be because I just wanted to like counter what Jim G was putting out. But, you know, now my, my reasons have changed over the years. I've, I've softened some in my old age. Um, but, I mean, and, and, and a lot of students ask that question. So, I mean, Emma, what's up with you? What's your story? Why do you do this? Right? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, like I mentioned earlier, like I said, you know, I felt like sort of it sounds, I feel like it sounds really fucking self-aggrandizing to be like, I felt like game studies needed me. Mm-hmm. So like, that's maybe a really stupid way to put it or whatever. Um, but I don't know, there was this feeling when I got to Waterloo and I saw what game studies was like and I started reading, I started reading like things, game studies readings and stuff. I remember specifically this moment when I was doing my comprehensive exams and Waterloo luckily actually does have a very good uh, new media list with a sort of like gaming specialization. Um, So I was like reading through that and I read sort of, I was trying to struggle with the ludology narratology thing and I was like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. It's it's so one-sided and like I I was really trying to figure it out for the sake of my exams and I read that famous... um, uh, you know, it would make no difference if Laura Croft was a chess piece article. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I read that article, and I just, like, kind of sat there, and I remember, like, reading it, and I was, like, mulling over and mulling it over and mulling over it. And, sorry, I, I guess this is a podcast, so I should say, for those at home who haven't read this article, uh, basically it's a ludologist argument saying that, it, not only is it saying in a, in a roundabout way that representation doesn't matter, but it's saying that it's it's the procedures of the game that really make the game and how uh, people look in the game and that sort of thing doesn't actually have that much of an effect. I guess that's probably a crass summary. But Hang on, y'all. I've got to go throw my chair out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Emma. But I read this article and I was just like, I remember turning to my friend and like, I've never said this in a public place, so like, I don't know, maybe I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. But I turned to my friend and I was like, man, are ludologists just gamer gators with PhDs? <laughs> because, I mean, because, like, it just, these sort of debates around ludology or narratology or about stories or games, I mean, it's all sort of like a gatekeeping of a, of, yeah. of a discipline. Yeah. And I'm not the first person to say this. Like, my friend Gerald Voorhees uh, wrote an article in, I think, 2012 where he sort of talked about um, some of the conversations happening between Bogost and Yule and discussion of whether we should be studying games or players and how it was really just about attempting to control the discipline. And I guess I saw this happening, and, you know, it was obvious to me that the answer between is it ludology or narratology is both. Is it games or players? Is both. Mm -hmm. And 
I guess it was just one of those things where I was like, man, I've got a lot to say about games, and I've got this whole history of, of playing games to build off of. And I guess when I just saw, like, how rudimentary the shit that was being said about gender in games, not by other feminists, but by game scholars who were just throwing their hat in there, I don't know, I just felt like I, I had to be there. And don't get me wrong, there are days where I'm like, I'm doing this to myself. <laughs> I don't have to be sitting here blocking people on Twitter. Or, like, I, like, I don't have to be doing this. I could be studying anything else, but, but, I, but I don't want to. Like, I'm a big believer that our research should have purpose. Mm -hmm. Yes. It yes. Well, here. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes Bianca and I have fond conversations about our futures as feminist game scholars. <laughs> <laughs> Redoing all this shit, and if that's not, like, a lot of ego to have in one place, I don't know what is. But I, I, do I think we're just lying to ourselves and trying not to think about the fact that we're not going to have jobs soon. Um, yeah, every time that we're like, are wrong. Um, but the, when I read, Sam has seen me in a lot of classes now, and I'm reading some of this theory, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like rubbing my forehead because I am asking, like, where, where are the people? Because, I mean, do you even, how much yeah. game do you have? Mm -hmm. before you insert the people, like the player, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have some code, and it's just over there. And it's not doing anything. It has potential. But when you bring in the person, that person is also bringing their entire life with them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let's not also forget the fact that there was a human being manipulating that code to make the game, too. No, no, no. Code <laughs> is objective. No. <laughs> oh, silly me. Silly me. <laughs> numbers are always true and objective. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I don't really see the difference between saying, like, you know, code, of, code is objective, or we should be studying procedures, not culture, and, you know, people saying, like, well, games are just entertainment. This is just a game. Yeah. You know, and I find it so weird that within game studies, we see this urge to like, sort of define what games are in this way that is divorced from people and culture and all these other factors, you know, the mm -hmm. I'm studying just the game sort of um, perspective. And it, it is sort of, like, weirdly close to what you see with all these gamers being like, uh, don't, you know, I recently was interviewed in this article about The Legend of Zelda, and it got a lot of hate, and all the comments were people being like, what, it's just a game, it's just entertainment you're reading too much into it. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I guess we all know that's bullshit, but a lot of people, like, that's really how they feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In-game studies end out. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and, and it's people who don't have anything at stake. Yeah. Right? It is, it is, you know, it's easy for people to say it's, not a, it's about the game and not about the players if they are the default player. Yeah. Right. If they are that white male player that everything is aimed at, it's easy to say it's just about the game because you know what? In that case, even if it's just about the game, it's still about you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because you are you are this integral part, right? You are the intended part in for all intents and purposes. Oh my gosh. I was so excited about this podcast and this conversation, but now all I want to do is throw beer bottles at things and possibly <laughs> I'm sorry. I always, I always bring the really depressing real talk. 
It's all right. She always wants to throw beer bottles and things. That's yeah, like I was her natural say, yeah. state. That's, true. That's pretty much my just general state. It's beer bottle tossing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think a lot of it is just that um, a thing that I always say is just that uh, game studies culture is games culture. And therefore, game studies culture is going to have a lot of the problems that game that gamer culture has. And you know, people want to act like, oh, well, we have PhDs, so we're above this shit. So it's no, uh, <laughs> but it is not. It is. It's not different. It's it's the same. And you know, people in game studies are gamers. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, that gamer attitude is is going to come over, and that's why we really need feminist game studies, just like we need feminist gamers. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, and, and this is no secret, and, and I, we don't have to worry about it because I'm pretty sure they don't listen to this podcast anyway, but we have seen our colleagues doing and saying things that are specifically aligned with the kind of shit we fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, so, yeah, game study scholars are still at their core gamers, right? It is a community. It is the community that, you know what, basically, you got to admit, we were raised up in, right? And that's why you can't say, is it games or is it people? It's both. Yeah. Yes. You know, <laughs> so at GLS last week, and I feel so badly for this young man if he happens to be listening to this, but I'm going to call him out. <laughs> um, I gave my presentation on feminist game design, and I was talking about State of Decay, obviously, as I do all the time, and I go through this whole thing about all the characters and the leadership roles and on the people who populate them and the decisions that the development team made and all this stuff, and during the Q&A, this guy, and I talked to him later, he seemed like a genuinely nice young man, and you could tell that about halfway through his question, he realized he'd made a terrible mistake. <laughs> um, he, he raises his hand. I'm like, yeah. And he's, he's like, so when, when a game like this like really replaces all of the white men in leadership positions, you know, oh. do, you, do you at some point, do you, do you start to miss the white men? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, about the white men? Play any other game or also walk out onto the earth. <laughs> You know, but I tried really hard to like answer his question while not answering it at all because ha- there's no answer for that. But I talked to him later. Like I said, he was he was a very thoughtful young man. But just the the fact that when he started to ask that question in his head, it felt perfectly reasonable. But do you miss the white men? But don't you think that we need the white men? <laughs> well, and yeah, it's I guess it's this sort of continually seeing. And I mean, I haven't even been doing, like, I haven't, you know, I'm still in my PhD, I haven't been doing this very long, but just seeing continually, like, people with PhDs and, like, years and years and years of teaching experience just struggling with, like, basic concepts of feminism. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (sighs) You know, being able to understand that, you know what, feminists are not here to take away your toys. (laughs) (laughs) That's that, we didn't come for that. We didn't come here to destroy games because we hate games. We come here to talk about games because we love games. We've been doing the same study you have for the same amount of time. I mean, that seems to be the hardest thing for I find for people to grasp anyway is that, 
I don't know if it's because of like our cultural idea that like the word criticism means something bad or I don't know why it is, but just trying to get people to grasp the fact that like I love games and I wouldn't be getting a PhD in games if if I didn't seems to be like really the hardest thing for people. Like that article that the Zelda article was sort of talking about the um sort of discussions of reincarnating the next next link as a woman. Mm-hmm. And uh sort of those discussions, and yeah, the comments on that article were just people being like, well, why would you interview people that hate video games, and like, uh, <laughs> you're not a gamer, or like, you're you're clearly not a fan of Zelda, or like, if if as a kid, like, you had to watch the Zelda cartoon, then, and you were a real fan of Zelda by watching the Zelda cartoon, you would have known, blah, 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 and like, the funniest one was someone being like, uh, well, let me tell you, a, a woman being like, I have a Triforce tattoo. Uh, so I am, like, the biggest fan of this. And I can tell you that this girl that interviewed is not a fan. And I was like, bitch, I have a Triforce tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Emma, if you were a real Zelda fan, you would just accept that Link is a man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can exactly. never dream ever voice. be a man. I love this voice that you're doing. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's going. <laughs> this is just who I am now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's hard to, for people to accept that even about your most beloved games, yeah. you would have critical things to say. Like, they just can't fathom it. All criticism is bad. It all wants to take away their toys. <laughs> and it should only be about whether or not the game actually works. I was able to insert the disc into my console. It's spun on command. <laughs> when I pressed A, my avatar did in fact jump. That's a, that's a one objective game. I can calculate with math. <laughs> Will we reach a point where we'll like get beyond that conversation? Like, because I guess I mean I don't have enough history of of academic disciplines. Like, is this how every field had to essentially integrate women in different bodies into? their fields, like, oh, you're encroaching our space, we don't want you here, you don't get, like, is this, like, how it happened with sociology and communications and, you know, history, um, or is there something so different with game studies? I think it's still happening in sociology and history. I mean, still, when you're doing feminist scholarship in a lot of fields, including the ones that you listed, that's still looked at as being somehow periphery, on the periphery still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that this is necessarily unique to game studies. I think that it has a, a larger, uh, there are larger implications um, to, to this, I think, because I think that we're seeing that sort of across the board in a lot of different fields. So. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. And it seems like even more so because, like, I guess, like, because so as, as you mentioned, like, I don't know if there are, like, fans of sociology that are, you know, attacking in addition to, like, you know, like, the <laughs> academics, you know, like, oh, right, man, right. sociology, how dare you do this? But it seems like, like, in game studies, you know, like, in media studies, like, in general, like, you get it, like, from all over. Not only, you know, are, mm-hmm. are we isolated and excluded in academic settings, but mm-hmm. in those public settings as well, you know, from the fans, you know, the audiences, you know, everybody that's outside of, you know, mm-hmm. academia as well. So it's like we get it from everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know? Hang on. Hang on. I'm going to say something terrible and essentialist. Uh-oh. 
all those people, the fans, they're all the same guys. The guys who live on Reddit who are experts in everything. <laughs> How dare you? You didn't read this one obscure study in sociology from like 16 years ago where this guy said this one thing. Clearly, you're not a real sociologist. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? I feel like one of my trolls, like I feel like I know one of my trolls and he's in academia. I mean, I'm not going to say his name, but I feel like one of my trolls is like this dude in academia that doesn't like me. I feel like he's always reviewer number two as well. It's like the same kind of rhetoric, the same like, you know, you sound like my troll on Twitter right now. <laughs> <laughs> <Reviewer number> two. <laughs> oh. I mean, and you know what? It's true, right? When you start thinking about the way academics who mirror, shall we say, the actions of some of our, our trolls on Twitter behave, you do get that kind of experience, right? Because, I mean, yeah, we've all had it. We've had, you know, we've had the, we've had the, the one dude who, you know, when someone, you know, posts a link to an article you've written or says something about something that you said that they thought was really smart, you'll have that one dude who goes, oh yeah, that might have been interesting, but she didn't quote me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't quote you, not because I don't know your work, but because I know you're an asshole. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and it's interesting because we were talking about it in class today, in, one of my, in, my, in my, not my games class, my other class today, we're talking about things like feminist citation practices, mm. right, and how we can strengthen uh, marginalized voices in our discipline, right, by using feminist citation practices, by making sure we cite one another, right, yeah. not not that we we cite scholarship that should not be cited, but we cite scholarship that doesn't get cited as much because it's not the typical. It's not the typical white dude. It's not, you know, everybody citing Ian Bogost over and over and over again. It's not everybody. <laughs> it's not everybody, you know, citing, you know, Miguel Sicard. It's not everybody. But it's, it's folks saying, you know what, Kashana wrote something really interesting here. Emma wrote something interesting here. You know, Bianca wrote something interesting here. Let's look at and talk about this, right, to make mm -hmm. sure that we get these marginalized, these off silenced voices out and bring them to the fore. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Damn, you should probably just pick the best quote. I, I do. It's too easy. It's too easy, y'all. There's always an answer. No matter what we say, no matter what reasons we give for the things that we do, and they are good reasons, and they are backed with theory and research, no matter what we say, there's some kind of comeback for why we're wrong and also bad for <laughs> feminist and all of these things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, why our feminist citation practices makes, makes us bad scholars. Mm -hmm. It is our joy. <laughs> we're only supposed to be angry and not enjoy anything. Mm -hmm. We enjoy being angry. I do. <laughs> Throwing beer bottles. Mm. Well, Emma, did you think this was going to be fun? Yes. <laughs> I, I knew it was going to be fun. I didn't have a doubt. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we have to enjoy it, right? Because this is 
this is our reality. And that's what it gets back to when, when dudes are like, get hashtag not all dudes, but most of them. Um, <laughs> like, oh, you clearly aren't a real fan. You don't even like the Vigi games. Like, yeah, man, because I do it all day long. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm angry all day long. I must like that, too. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like there's... I, I've been trying to sort of, like, formulate this for a minute, that, like, we, when you were asking if, if in game studies it's different than in other disciplines and stuff... And I think to an extent that's the same, but I think to an extent there's also this thing where I know that when I'm writing and when I'm working, like, I'm constantly having to, as a woman, shore up proof that I'm a real academic and mm -hmm. shore up proof that I'm a real gamer. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. like, you know, when I... I mean, I think, like, when I was, you know, studying comics and stuff, obviously that was still a thing. You know, you had to shore up proof that you actually read comics, like... Uh, which was a whole thing or whatever, but, you know, I feel like my friends, you know, who are not studying games don't have to, you know, especially my friends in, in English Lit, like, you don't have to prove that you're actually a fan of Victorian novels. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're a woman, obviously you like Victorian novels. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean it, it's it is interesting, right? You don't you don't have to prove, right? Nobody's 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 taking you out for a dick measuring contest when you're studying Victorian lit, right? It's like so but really Ooh, noise. <laughs> but you know, but really, have you, you know, have you played, you know, this obscure nineteen eighty six game that only got released on the black market for <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't played and beaten that, you're I not can't believe it. in your list you didn't include this obscure game from 1986 that, like, there are seven copies of it existing in the world. How dare you? And I got six of them in my mama's basement. <laughs> my favorite, Here's the time I was talking to my students about what I do, and this kid looks up to me in, like, dead serious. He says, have you ever heard of Skyrim? <laughs> I don't know. Have you heard of Catholicism? Because basically we're talking about the same level. Of <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, the, the sort of like, um, have you played this obscure game, uh, Dick Measuring Contest? <laughs> like one of those really like, um, I don't in like, sort of incestuous practices that isn't, like, outright sexist, um, but at the same time, like, I've never seen any women participating in it. It's, right. it's, always, it's always these guys sort of participating in this, like, one-up dialogue that I always jokely, joke, jokingly refer to as steam library measuring contests. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, in every way, a dick measuring contest, but just being like, you know, I have 300 games on Steam I've never played. Oh, yeah? Well, I have 440 games on Steam. <laughs> like, it's not even about have you played them. It's just like, how many fucking games can you rack up? <laughs> I don't know. It's, you know, it, it's, again, it's like that. there's not somebody actually standing in the door at GameStop, but... Yeah, there's still a barrier. And when you talk about what women do, when women have those conversations, I've noticed it's like, oh, have you played this thing? Oh, you haven't? Let me tell you about it. Let's go play it. Let's mm -hmm. go do it right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It'll be so fun. You'll love it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's the difference, right? I mean, because, yeah, I have conversations with women about games, and I'm like, it's it's not like, well, have you played? It's like, oh, my God, have you played? Right, because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it is a, it's more of a sense of community, right? It's like, let me, let, let's talk about this thing that we both love. It's a conversation, not a contest. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it could just be kind of said about, you know, feminist the academia versus non-feminist academia. <laughs> yeah. It is our lot in life. Mm-hmm. Apparently. <laughs> All right. Well, let me ask you a question. Here's a question that I, I, um, I always ask people. Emma? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's gonna be the hardest question of the night. Oh no! <laughs> so, is there anything that we didn't talk about tonight, or any question that we didn't ask that you said, "Damn, I wish they would have asked asked about X," or we would have talked about Y? I don't know. I mean, I guess the thing is that I've been talking about this for a while, but how I just love the idea of just getting game scholars who identify as women or non-binary just like in a room just like talking to each other about game studies because I think I mean which I think we did we satisfied that but I would love to do it more like I would love to do a a round table or I don't know article or something because I just think there's such a thing where I've suggested a lot of times and I feel like a lot of people feel rightfully nervous about you know, even if we're talk- having this conversation, I, we're not saying certain names that we would like yeah. to say or whatever. Um, yeah. So it's, it's hard to be honest about, about these things, uh, about what game studies is like for women, when it's, you know, our, our literal lives hanging in the balance. Yeah. And if we talk about it, it makes us a target. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because, like, we want jobs, you know, and some of those people are gatekeepers in places that we would like to be at, and they're, they're these circles, these conferences, you know, like, which is why it's so important that, you know, instead of trying to find space at their tables, you know, it's important that we, you know, create our own tables and get into those positions where we can hire and, you know, do, do things like that, you know, because as soon as you're critical, you, you all know how it is. You know, you can't say anything because the system will buck back at you. You know, we don't have we don't have that power, the institutional power. Mm-hmm. So just like as you just said, we can't even say, you know, talk about the people who are awful to us, you know, in these spaces. So other people could be warned, you know, and it's 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 unfortunate. Yeah, um, the, the like back channel conversations I've had with people over the years. Um, you know, it, it's crazy. Like the, the conversations you've had, like, I've been privately warned, like, don't, you know, don't hang out with this academic, don't hang out with that academic, yeah. because, like, that's kind of what you have to do, because it's sort of the position we're in, and yeah. I don't know, I mean, people always talk about how the games industry is like a leaky pipeline, I'm just spoiling my whole dissertation, this whole podcast, is just <laughs> one big <laughs> ruins now. <laughs> but people always talk about how the games industry is a leaky pipeline, but so is game studies, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I like I I love doing stuff like this and I love game studies but like I'll be honest like I don't really once I've handed in that dissertation and it's done like 
maybe, you know, I'll get a shirt postdoc, maybe I won't, but, like, I don't, you know, like, I don't really see a future for myself in game studies, not because I haven't been successful, but just because of yeah. what it's like, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to stay and fight. They <laughs> <laughs> may not let me, but I'm just going to be banging on the door. The one with beer bottles. <laughs> I was telling Bianca today that I expect, because she's a year ahead of me, I expect her to get a job and then to just campaign for me to come and join her. It's like double pressure. <laughs> yeah. no, no pressure, though, B, right? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, Emma, you know what? Thank you so much for joining us. That was so much fun. Anytime. You can come back anytime. Okay, you have a standing invitation. Down or I hope you have me back. <laughs> we can do that roundtable with you also. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's yeah. I got. I got to get on something with that. I really. I'm not sure what yet, but I got to get on it. Awesome. You have a open and standing invitation to come back whenever you want and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or if you just want to throw some beer bottles. Yeah. yeah, if you want to throw beer bottles, let us know in advance. We'll make sure we're drinking out of bottles, not cans. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be ready to go, ready to join you in that fight. <laughs> awesome. So I guess on that note, that will bring us to the end of episode 135. Wow. 135, yay! Um, and until episode 136, where we're going to also be talking to fun and interesting people and talking about fun and interesting things and maybe throwing some beer bottles. <laughs> Stay healthy. Stay cool. And as always, my friends, game on. Game on. Thank you.